Good evening, hockey fans. Recorded live from Frozen Pond Arena here in Valencia, Pennsylvania, home of the Butler Golden Tornado, who will face off against Peters Township here in probably 20 minutes from this broadcast. So uh, we'll be on Facebook Live with Matt Geica. I'll probably be talking. You'll hear me there before you'll hear me here, so don't worry about that. My name is Brian Mitchell. It is episode number five of the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast. Today we've got Matt Mamros coming on, talking a lot of hockey with me, trying to help me out. I was a little sick yesterday, so I wasn't able to make it to the uh, podcast room to be able to take care of all that business for you. Um, but things we need to go over, of course, we have our housekeeping. It was a fun thing that I brought up with Gary Heeman and Big E on the Dirt Track, uh, the Extra Track podcast uh, couple, over the last two years. And it's just basically telling you where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook at PGH Hockey Digest, on Twitter and Instagram at PGH Hockey Digest. You found us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes if you want to submit and become a subscriber to this podcast. You can find it there. Um, you can find us on Twitter. My personal Twitter is PhD underscore Mitch. You can find us on the podcast on Twitter at P PGH. Sorry, it's PhD underscore podcast. I'm recording live here at the Frozen Pond Arena prior to my broadcast. So we're going to try to slide through this and get you taken care of. We're going to start right now in the PIHL before we bring everybody else in. We're going to go with some scores, some stats, our players of the week. And we're going to talk about it and we're going to go from there. All right, so here we go. Your scores for this week. I'm going to start in double A this week. It was the Moon Tigers defeating the Mars Planets. Five, oh, sorry, no, no, it was Mars over Moon 5-4. I have the home team on the right, so I'm looking at it a little bit weird. The Hemfield Spartans, with that coaching change last weekend, uh, defeated Franklin Regional 9-4. South Fayette defeated Montour 5-4. What was a what I heard was a very, very intense game down there at the RMU Island Sports Center. Baldwin defeated West A 5-1. Latrobe defeated Penn Trafford on Tuesday 7-2. That was your scores. Here are your players of the week in double A. This is actually the one that's not going to be looking around. It's Maddox Rierick of Armstrong. He had a very good line for those Armstrong River Hawks last week. And in goal, once again, it's Tanner Sindrich. He was 36 of 37 in a win over West Allegheny. So that was congratulations to those two players. In single A, your scores. Chartiers Valley fell to South Park 2-1. Norwin defeated Greensburg-Salem 7-6. Westmont Hilltop fell to Bishop McCourt 8-2. Kiske, one of those teams that I said watched out for, 9-0 over Swickley Academy. Thomas Jefferson defeated Beaver 8-1. Fox Chapel fell to Indiana 4-2. In single A, your players of the week is Cole McNair. I went with Cole McNair over the over from Bishop McCann, uh, sorry, of Greensburg Salem over Bishop McCourt's uh Superstar because he only had two power play goals on the day, and his two of his three goals against Norwin were the led the Golden Lions back from a five, I believe it was a six four deficit to tie things up before Norwin was able to win it late in the game. And that was a big upset there. Shane Paremba had a, a 36 of 37 effort in a win over Chartier's Valley, so he's our goaltender of the week. Then we go along into Triple A. Central Catholic defeated Mount Lebanon. Sorry, Central Catholic fell to Mount Lebanon four to three. Upper Sinclair defeated Butler six to five. Bethel Park 
lost to Peters Township 3-2. And what I heard was a very, very uh, interesting game. Uh, we're going to see at least Peters Township this evening. Cannon McMillan shut out Cathedral Prep. Um, <laughs> Mario Ifrati is just on an absolute tear, so you can't even say anything bad about him right now. Cathedral Prep fell to Upper St. Clair 7-3 on Thursday, and then Mount Lebanon fell to North Allegheny 3-0. Your players of the week for the AAA. Colton Shuri was your AAA goaltender. So your AAA player of the week, three goals, two assists in two games, played last week. And then you are goaltender is Mario Ifrate. again. Once again, another shutout over Butler. So, you know, you're looking at these statistics and he's just piling up the numbers. It's interesting to say. Class B, we walk into it. Morgantown and Ringgold. The Rams took a 5-2 victory over Morgantown in that game. Carrick absolutely decimating the Bishop Canavan Crusaders 10-1. Nishanik defeating Burl 5-0. Connellsville fell to Trinity 4-0. Connellsville's not up to a slow start this season. And in a wild, wild, wild west shootout at Brady's run, Central Valley defeated Burl 11-9. 11-9 was the final in that game. Class B, you had a Jonas Sopko from Burl get your player of the week. Four goals and three assists in that that lost to Central Valley, and then on goal it's Riley Muskowski of that is Nishanik, and he went 39 of 39 against Burl. So he got a shutout in that game. Congratulations, Riley! You're our goaltender of the week. Uh, definitely getting interesting. Starting to wind up a little bit here in the PIHL. Not too much this week. We're going to talk a little bit more next week on the PIHL, especially when things start to actually see how teams are playing and where people are starting to really fall into what they need to do. So um, it's going to be a shorter show this week, so we're going to try to get everything that we can in. I have Matt Mamros coming in to talk about the the women's, uh, the, sorry, Robert Morris Colonial Men and Women. I've got a little bit of talk about the Triple A teams coming up here momentarily, and I'm going to give you your ACHA update. Uh, our Ed Major is on vacation, but he left me all the details that I need to give you, so we're going to move right along into Triple A, your updates and your scores there. The S Mark Stars, the U18s, tied Amherst on Friday and then defeated them 8 0 on Saturday in Buffalo. Penguins Elite, the boys were in a tournament, and the first game, the 18 boys fell 3 2 against Little Caesars, then lost to Chicago Mission 3 1. And then defeated the Buffalo Junior Sabres 2-0. They're 6-9 on the season. The U16 boys, they defeated Little Caesars 5-1, then defeated the Chicago Mission 5-3, and tied the Buffalo Sabres, the Junior Sabres, 2-2. Pittsburgh Vengeance, I believe they were in a tournament of their own. I believe that was up in Blaine. I'm not 100% sure where it is. But they, the 18 premier, or the premier team, defeated the Midwest Blackbirds 8 to 1 and then defeated Fort the Fort Wayne Spacemen 9 to 1. The then they went on and in the second game on Saturday defeated the Chicago Cougars 3 to 2 and wound up the weekend 7-3 victory over Motor City Hockey Club. So 4 and 0 on that tournament. Congratulations to the Vengeance. Definitely a good tournament for them that week. 
All right, moving along, we're going to bring in Matt Mamros now. He's going to talk to us about our Headwater segment, and he's going to tell us everything that we happened and we missed with Robert Morris Colonials, the the men, women, and then we move along to talk about the. I believe we talked also about all of our our tier one teams, such as the uh, the NAHL, the uh, OHL. Yeah, we went through Youngstown. I, I just got done with the conversation with him, but he was definitely wide open about it. We had a good conversation. I hope you listen up. Here's Matt Mamros. All right, joining me now on our uh, regular segment that he has weekly. He wasn't here last week, but we're going to have him back this week. It is Matt Mamros. Matty, how are you doing, buddy? Well, they're weddings this weekend. It's, um, I'm glad to be back. This is, uh, it's definitely where I belong. Not really wedding type of guy, but uh, we all get there one of these days. Yeah, I'm a wedding DJ. I had a wedding on Saturday, so you're actually going to help me out with a little bit of this. All right, so we're going to talk headwaters here. We're going to talk a little bit of Robert Morris men, a lot of uh, Robert Morris women uh, this week, and we're going to lead it off. We're going to talk about those Robert Morris men opening up conference play this week against Bentley. A sweep against those Bentley Falcons. What did you see out there? Because I saw, you know, that they really started to show what I was talking about last week on the podcast. This is this is a lot different team than what we what we saw last year. I mean, obviously last year with the the massive influx of freshmen, they got the influx of freshmen for it too this year. So this is a it's a lot different team. This is a team that's that's gonna out muffle you. They're not. They're not really a finesse team anymore. They're going to out you a big hit, much physicality. And uh, while while most of the penalties called this weekend, we're not we're not really uh, kind of call a one sided game this weekend. But uh, they should they can kill penalties as well this weekend. Going up perfect, I believe it was eighteen for eighteen on the penalty kill this weekend against Bentley. Yeah, that was a ridiculous stat that I saw. They were uh, all over the place and. Uh, we're going to give them a little bit of a <laughs> – you have a little note in here. I'm going off of Matt's notes. He sent them a little bit earlier for me, doing me a favor, trying to fit this in after me being sick yesterday, not being able to get recording. Uh, they are littered with spelling errors, so good luck with that one. <laughs> it's all right. You should see how some of the stuff that I wrote in some of my notes for the PIHL in a little bit. Um, of course, we're talking about that you talk more penalties than are possible in the rule book. I mean, I was listening on the radio on the drive back. I was able to catch the first period of that game on Friday before I had to head back. But, uh, yeah. yeah, there were penalties, penalties, penalties were the key. But <laughs> they killed them all. They did a terrific job on a penalty kill. They killed them all. They could have done a little bit better on the power play. I mean, they had a massive power play chance, the five-minute major on the elbowing to the head of Grant Hayfair on Friday night. Yeah, it didn't happen on that one, but they still handily beat Bentley. And uh, the most impressive thing that stood out to me, other than the penalty kill this week, is the play of Peter uh, Francis, uh, Justin Kaplmaster looked awesome. Um, I believe he was ninety-one or something, ninety-nine, like a hundred and four or something like that. He saved. I think, absolutely incredible. Yeah, he had a save percentage of point. Nine was that nine seven three or nine eight one? I can't figure. No, it's not. It's point nine seven three. Was a save percentage on the weekend. That's just those numbers are just insane when you think about you know. And that's that's over three games. That was over three games played that he played since you know, including that one game against Michigan Tech that he played, and they played phenomenal on that. And I, I thought <laughs> in the two games that I've seen him, he has been he's stolen the show. I mean, you're coming from a uh, positional masterpiece that was Frank Murat played very good in net. Uh, he, of course, transferred this offseason, but 
Uh, definitely, it's a different tone that you get with him, but he's also putting up the numbers. Oh, absolutely. He's not he's not as athletic as Frankie, but his fundamentals are off the charts. Like he's all, he's never out of position, and he's really good at rebound control as well. Frankie can't say that, that seems to be his bread and butter. But Frank uh, taking away six out of six points this weekend available. So kudos to them. And if you look at uh, our, our transfer from last year, Francis Barat, they have him listed as number five in the nation in save percentage. Right behind him is Chapel Master at six. So that's, it's still that's early on that save up. percentage, but at the same time, yeah, there, there's a good detail to pay attention to, uh, especially if, I mean, I don't know how, uh, we never know how things actually happen or what the reasoning for the transfers were, but to be able to get somebody like Chapel Cap, Master in in that short period of time is definitely a, uh, a good situation for the Colonials. Now we're going to switch it over and we're going to talk about the uh, the offense and the defense of that of those Colonials. And I thought two players that were in my eyes over the first four games of the season that looked and stood out were, uh, of course, in the center, Aiden Spellisade, which looks really, really solid. Like he stepped up from his freshman to sophomore year. Absolutely. I, I think Aiden's play stood out to me as well. Plus we got to see both. Uh, Pittsburgh kids in the lineup this weekend. Roman Kramer, I'm sorry, both Johnstown kids. Roman Kramer and Cam Haybear made his season debut this weekend as well. And the the fourth line is the play that stood out to me because they were out there with with uh, Michael Coyne, Kip Hoffman, and Cam Haybear, and they were the most physical line out there. Yeah, that and of course the defense absolutely shut down mm-hmm. this this weekend. Nolan Schaefer and Sean Giles on the top pair just just shut shut it down out there. Yeah, that fourth line you want to look at, their regular fourth line out there that they have rostered is uh, Jake Coleman, Mike Coyne, and uh, Hart Canane. I can't I'm always going to botch his name, I think. Uh, but he got his first goal this week. But I thought that fourth line has been solid. Are you solid. talking about uh, Santeri? Uh, Santeri. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's, he's playing pretty solid with that line. He's, you know, he's getting his feet wet. He got his first goal this past weekend, so that was nice to see from him. Um, but... I thought Jake Coleman's been one of the most visible players out there in those four games. I mean, he's just high energy all over the place, and that's what you expect from him over the last four years. Well, he's missing teeth for a reason, and it's obvious when you yeah. watch him play. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you, you mentioned the, the Pittsburgh kids and Kramer and uh, – sorry, the Johnstown kids, Kramer and Hebert. And I didn't get to see Cam play too much because, after, as I said, I left on Friday, and I didn't get you to see him. But uh, by what I was hearing on Friday after I left, the uh, uh, Tim Benz on the radio was talking about how he, you know, maybe fitting in on that line to fill in for his brother. And I, I don't know what I, what ended up happening, but it definitely sounded like he had a uh, pretty solid effort later in the game. Absolutely, yeah. His play picked up a probably nerves get the best of you on the first one there, but then as you continue to play, yes, yeah. You mentioned uh, Nolan Schaefer. That was my pick for the guy who looked probably the, the, the standout on defense. Uh, they were able to rotate a couple players in here and there. And uh, we got word right before the game, and I don't know if it, we don't have anything official on it about uh, Aiden Gerduckis. But uh, apparently he took a leave of absence from the team. So that is the official word from Robert Morris. We don't have any details any further, but he is officially on leave from the team this year. So... That one less body on defense, but they're rotating guys in, and that defense actually looked pretty solid for everything's considered. 
Uh, and we got to see Bradley Stowell this weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, he made his debut for Colonials this week. As well as uh, Derek Clegg made his debut as well, I believe. I think Clegg played in both games against Michigan Tech. I, I do remember okay, him playing both of those. No, 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 but it's good. It's uh, he, uh, but he did. St- he's slowly progressing. I like his progression so far. He's getting more minutes as it goes, and like Roman Kramer, he's starting to really show what he can do at this level. Absolutely. All right. So we're gonna switch over. We're gonna switch gears now. Of course, men. Now we're talking. They took. They're the only conference games of the week, and in the conference roll, it's three points each. So for each win, so they took three points each. And they're up six points just early on everybody else in the league. So <laughs> they lead the lead Atlantic Hockey Association after the first week with six points. Um, six points. Six yeah. points. So you're looking at that, and, yeah, we're talking about that. We go to the women's game. <laughs> Number two, Minnesota comes to town. Second week of the season, big test. You don't know, you know, I in my head with a week off, was this is the test. This is the litmus test to see how this team is going to function. Um, I was on upset alert during that third period on on a, on Friday. That was that was worth the half day of vacation that I burned to be able to cover that game. And I was oh, I was probably as upset as they were in the whenever it came down to what exactly was going on, you know, how it ended. I mean, <laughs> they took a 2-1 lead in the second on Jay on uh, Gebert's goal. And then, you know, that late, that shed, one that just hit top cheese, and yeah, that one took a little bit of air out of them, but they never gave up. Like, that was the big thing. And then Michaela Boyle at the end of that game, <laughs> tying things up at uh, three, or two apiece late. Uh, you can't get much better oh, yeah. than that against the number two team. <laughs> for sure on the celebration. Yeah, uh, that was the transfer from Clarkson, of course, your few, your next week's opponent. But uh, she brought came in this year, and she sat out last year, so she had, she got her year of uh, transfer layoff out of the way. And I think she just fits in pro- perfectly with those two. And, you know, Minnesota came in a high-scoring team and a very, very, very tough defense to play against. The goaltender, uh, Scobie, looked really solid early on. And you had to look and see how are you going to beat her because you're not beating her on conventional shots. You had to make her move laterally. And that's what the uh, Colonials did. It just made her move left right. And that's how all yeah, the goals were scored. You could tell she was struggling with it a little bit. But uh, that, that was their bread and butter, getting them to move left to right. Not a lot of point shots, but lots of redirections and just muck in front of the net. And that's how you got to get it done on that one. Yeah, that they, was, they showed yeah. they can do it. They showed they can absolutely go against any of the top five teams. Mm-hmm. and be on pace with them, yeah. at least keep up with them through the game. Now on to the second game, of course, uh, the Saturday game I wasn't there for. So they lost in overtime on that game. On a, Michaela Boyle took a penalty late in the game, I mean early in overtime. But, uh, you know, it was unfortunate how the uh, you know the goal was scored. It, you know, they end up 3-3-2, but <laughs> you can't fault them for the effort. They felt hungry going into this, this Saturday contest. And I'll tell you what, I followed oh, along absolutely. on Twitter, and you sent me a couple tweets. And it was basically down the lines of what happened there. Um, we've got a lot going on there. And what happened on Saturday, man? You can let them know. Saturday was a lot more of a, of a physical game. I mean, you saw less penalty in the first period. And I mean, we, were, we were sitting down watching this game. We were like, why, why is it so much more enjoyable 
the first period than, the, than yesterday's first period. The flow of the game was just so much more high pace. There was good defense on both sides, not a lot of turnovers. You saw a lot of technical passing and stuff. And re- really, as it came down to the wire, uh, Reagan Kirk a late scratch to, to start that, that second game. But Ariel just match played out of her mind. It was, it was unreal how good she was. And the goals that were let in were not necessarily her fault either. They were, they were good shots. They were good execution. And they were pulling people out of position, which Minnesota's so good at doing. And they proved that over the weekend, but the, the, the Colonials played their hearts out, and they were rewarded by being ranked this week, going number 10 into number 4. So the first time they're done receiving votes, they're now in the top 10, and they absolutely should they could be there. That is, they deserve it after that effort, and, like, you know, you never know with Clarkson and, I believe, who is who, they're going on the road to play Colgate, I want to say. Is it Colgate? Next week, or is it? Uh, yeah, I think it. I think it's, it's either Colgate or Rensselaer. I can't remember. No, no, it's Colgate next week because they uh they they play Rensselaer late in the season. Um, but definitely. Oh, okay. I know, I know we got them eventually here, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. No, they, I mean with Mara Wagner's first career collegiate goal that oh, happened yeah. on Saturday, and that was the game tying goal, I believe that would that tied it one to one. Yeah. And then they would have to come back and tie it at two to two at one point, but. Uh, Minnesota kind of the final five minutes of the game they took over and not much you could do even though they had an excellent excellent final two minutes of the game. They definitely played well, um, so you have to be excited about how everything happened. You know, went down and you know that, that number ten rankings well deserved. Last time they were in the rankings, uh, number nine number after they lost to uh, Mercyhurst in the 2018 CHA finals. Uh, that was that 5-3 loss a couple seasons ago, the year after they won the championship. So it's good to see them yeah. back in the rankings this year. And the men, of course, received votes. They got two votes for the uh, in the top 20 for the top 20 rankings. So that was nice to see. So they're actually, you know, starting to make some movements. People are paying attention to how they're playing with. Uh, you know, they played against Bentley, played against Michigan Tech. You take away that that second game, and it wasn't exactly a terrible weekend for them. So. Um, that was a good, you know, it's yeah, good to absolutely. see that they're actually and, getting uh, Jay and Lexi both keeping up pace. They're, they're tied for number nine in the scoring with nine points each. I mean, Wisconsin played a, a much, much, much weaker kind of, but it kind of allowed them to wrap the score yeah, you, this weekend. You have, Watts is here. you have another really ridiculous, down. you have another ridiculous stat in here. On Friday, I don't know what she had on Saturday, but Emily Curlett had a 15 block shots. She had 10 at the end of the third, so she had 15 block shots to end that game. That's ridiculous. Yeah, numbers. on Friday, and I believe that's either the record or it ties Maggie LeDuce's effort from last year against RIT. <laughs> I, I can't remember that one off the top of my head, but uh, I believe she had 12 block shots on Saturday. It's gonna so be that's a- just an insane weekend for her. And, and i got to ask you, because you were there, I was not there. Chuck-a-puck, did a curlette take it on Saturday? The Curlettes did take it on Saturday, I believe. I don't know if they got it for the men's game or not. But they so did Curlet get it, so they, they went to five and one on the season, or four and one on the season uh, against the field. Yeah, they were four and one on the season. Against the game. Okay. Games, they were there. They did participate. You had all three of them going at it. Okay. And, th- this, uh, is, this is a podcast only, and I'm calling this right now. This is a podcast only bet. If you beat the Curlettes at Chuckapuck. At the net on Friday's game. This is Friday only. You got to beat P. 
Pete and Sherry Curlin. We have a good time with this up on pit, on the media row. At, on the women's game on Friday, if you beat the Curlettes in Chuckapuck, there will be a Pittsburgh Hockey Digest T-shirt for you available. How's that sound, Mamros? Who gets whoever oh, beats the Curlettes? I'm having I some fun with this. Uh, I think that's a fair prize, honestly. But they I got mean, they got to know about it from the podcast. You got to listen here. And you gotta you come gotta up come and see find it. either me or Mitch and say, "Hey, I beat the Curlettes in Chuckapuck." Yeah, the Chuckapuck yeah. winner will receive a Pittsburgh Hockey Digest T-shirt, and it does. It will not say, "I beat the Curlettes," but I'm definitely not. Well, I mean, if you, if you ask Pete politely, I'm sure he'd sign it. You beat the Curlettes, you know. <laughs> if, you, if you asked him real, real, real nice. Oh, and I'll see if he can get away with it. I think it's a funny. I think it's a good, good time for everybody. All right, so let's move along. We're at 16 minutes, so I want to get. I got to get through a bunch of other stuff with you. Johnstown. I mean, I could kind of fly like the wind if you need me. Okay, I'll, I'll give uh, you. A t I'll tell you a team name. You give me the follow-up. Johnstown. Let's do it. Uh, Johnstown is currently third in their division, and over the weekend they swept the Maryland Black Bears. You were only in their second year of play, but Johnstown sits behind the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights and the New Jersey Titans, okay. and they have six wins on the year. They're six and four for fourteen points. Uh, they, they look real solid this year. I have yet to go see them. Lou and I are planning to go see them eventually. So uh, I can't tell you as to what style of team it is this year. But uh, from what I understand, they are every bit as good as they were last year. There is no drop-off whatsoever. And you love to them. see that. And I remember a couple seasons ago we went to an early game and then they sent us an email personally and to meet myself and Alan and said, we're going to make this better. We want to be a better team for you to cover. And then that's whenever they, <laughs> they broke out and they went out and picked up uh, – Kramer and Hebert and all the you know ridiculous players and McPhail. That's uh, another player I enjoyed watching. He's one of my favorite goaltenders. Yeah, Carson Breer. That was a ridiculous team last year, and it's good to see that they're moving along. And uh, oh yeah, let's, let's uh, shout out. I believe uh, Christian Gorshak committed Niagara University. Hempfield's Christian Gorshak. Uh, he's playing for Johnstown right now. And I want to make sure that I am correct on this, but I'm, I'm fairly certain he, he was an S-Mark star, and he went to, that was a Johnstown guy. And uh, congratulations to Christian Gorshak committing up in, with Chad Veltry up in Niagara. So it be good to see, uh, you know, Berg Hockey moving along to the Division One level, and that's another Johnstown Hawk moving along. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to move along. Wheeling opening this weekend. Are they going to have West Banco <laughs> Arena open? <laughs> I heard West Banco is good to go, is what I heard. Good to hear. I know so, they've been around. They've been traveling a lot training. So uh, not a lot of Pittsburgh so kids like, out there. What, they did their whole training camp at uh, Frenchscape, so, I believe. Well, they did it at South Point and then Wheeling Parks at Arena. So they were able to get you know ice time at both, which was nice to have there. Um, so it was good for Wheeling. Okay, moving along. Erie Otters. We have an article out now about Alex Gritz, of course, got waived and is now a member of the Youngstown Phantoms. However... Erie Otters still chugging along. Whew. So what do we got? Oh, going absolutely. On? Erie Otters look awesome. They um, Lou was telling me he was at a series of four-one games. And he went to the only one that Erie lost this weekend. So, uh, I mean, Erie beat Kingston on Saturday. Uh, last Saturday. Remember, I missed last Saturday. So we gotta catch up from that. Um, they beat Kingston last Saturday. This Friday, they lost to Hamilton four to one, and then they beat the OHL champions. The Guelph Storm, 4-1. to one. Austin Swankler with two goals in that game. And Aiden Campbell picking up two wins along the way. He's 4-0 and oh with a 
2.50 goals against average. Oh. So he leads the Ontario Hockey League in, in goals against that. Yeah, he was, uh, of course, from, from Seneca Valley, uh, played for the Raiders, um, Penn's elite U16 guy, decided to go to the OHL route, and oh boy, is he turning heads there. They got him for a couple years, too. So he, he's definitely yeah, somebody to watch. Two to three years is what they got out of him. Yeah, Swankler, of course, uh, withdrew his uh, his commit to Michigan to play in the OHL this year. So, and we're talking about. Of I course, believe both him and Aiden were committed to Michigan. I didn't actually. get any details on Aiden Campbell, but I will look into that. I don't know if that's for any fact or not yet. So, I've yeah, but I room. believe he was committed to, to Michigan, and he declined his commitment to go play in the OHL. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. He's. Uh, you know, thinking about what he wants to do there, but he's definitely something to keep an eye on right now, especially if he's taking out, you know, uh, an incumbent starter. So, yeah, and that that Murphy that 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 they have up there, he was supposed to be the guy, and here we are looking at Aiden Campbell, every bit as good as the the incumbent starter, and they're gonna make a hell of a tag. Okay, and I don't have your song, but we have to. Oh yeah, Austin Swankler netted two goals in that game winner against the Gulf Storm on Saturday. Good to see. Norwin's Austin Swankler uh, still picking up the, getting the business done there. Now you have it here, and I don't have your music, but you have your second ever in memoriam segment. Uh, who is this about? Yes, yes, in memoriam returns this time for probably my fourth favorite mascot of all time in in ice hockey <laughs> is is uh, Shooter the Otter. Shooter the Otter. Shootout. Uh, Shooter the Otter is no longer the mascot of the Erie Otters. Oh, he uh, no. he has been replaced by Otto the Otter, which uh, if if you can uh, tweet me at Matt Thirteen Mamera on Twitter, if you see a picture of Otto the Otter, does he not look like a fat Gus the Groundhog? Oh, that God. is exactly what he looks like. So if if you uh, if you want to fight me on that one, please uh, please come find me on Twitter. We'll have, a, guess, we'll have a nice conversation. According to Matt Mamros, uh Otto the Otter is the second most famous otter in Erie. So. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, at this yeah. point, that's good. All right, so we yeah, got there. So, uh, All right. So, uh, shooter, shooter, the otters up there on par with Liam's iPhone. That was our first. Hashtag Liam's iPhone. By the way, the uh, the GoFundMe is still up. GoFundMe.com slash Liam Liam's slash iPhone. There. That was the uh, goaltenders of the 2018-19 Robert Morris Colonial Women's Team had a little bit of fun with Liam with a. Uh, uh, Director of Hockey Operations, Liam Cavanaugh, who I'm hoping to have on the podcast in the next couple of weeks to talk about uh, Never Give Up Radio. And I want to try to remember, we've been talking about possibly doing a weekly segment for him. Uh, but uh, they uh, his phone got stuck in the boards, I believe. And I don't know, knowing the people who were involved, they might there might be a little bit of tomfoolery there with those girls. So I heard the story was it got shut in the penalty box door multiple times with no reward. I uh, I completely believe that story, but at the same time, I cannot or do not con, you know I cannot not confirm, confirm or deny. I, but that is, neither that is the word confirm nor defy that deny that story. But knowing the individuals that may have been involved in it, it's possible. Um, all right, so we move along. He's still sitting at fifty bucks. Uh, if we can <laughs> double Liam Liam's donation of fifty dollars. That'd be that'd be pretty good. Yeah. So we got okay. So we're moving along. Youngstown, 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 Youngstown Phantoms. Phantoms. I was I was there yesterday. They that is a physical team. That's a team that'll grind you out. They'll bang bodies all day. They they have to. Ha- I'm not sure of the official stat, but they were number one in hits 
in the USHL going into going into yesterday. They played today at 6:05 up at the Cavelli Center. Mm-hmm. Our, our dear friend Larry Snyder was calling the game yesterday. He's calling it again today. Um, good man, good man. He they, handles they all our social. He handles the social for Pittsburgh Hockey Digest. He's a good man. He takes care of all of us when we can. You know, making sure everybody yeah. gets his words yeah. out there. All right. So the play today, and then of course you one that we missed. You have Caden Lewandowski uh, playing for for Youngstown now. He's from out of Pittsburgh, so a 2000 kid. So it's going to be good. So. Um, Thank yeah, I was with his parents yesterday and BS with them. They're they're awesome people. They're they're happy that he's playing in Youngstown and Alex Drift looks to make his debut for the the Phantoms over the weekend on the road. I heard so he, I heard he's in the lineup tonight. Oh, he's in the lineup tonight. Twitter is stating oh, wow. Twitter. I believe Twitter just told me while I was it was I had my GPS on it popped up that. He is in the lineup tonight wearing number 96. Which is his same number he had in the area. Wearing number 96 in, for Youngstown. So that came straight from the Phantoms account subtweeted us. So it was All good right, to so see. He's, so they got his paperwork pushed through pretty quickly then. But, you know, so he, he's in the lineup tonight. That's awesome. All right. Wish I well, could be there. But uh, it's a little bit hard when you work in downtown to make it yeah. to downtown. Yeah, five. Yep, I got to get moving here, Matt. We're gonna. I've got a half hour till game time for. Of course, we're recording right before Matt uh, Geica and I go on live with Pittsburgh Hockey Digest Facebook Live for the uh, Peters Township and the uh, Butler Golden Tornado game here in the PIHL. So uh, we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. But uh, thank you again for coming on. I got to move along. Um, Appreciate it. I hope to talk to you again soon. All right. See you next weekend. All right, sounds good. I'll see you at the I island. Believe, uh, next week will be the Halloween episode. Is that correct? Uh, no, we have another one between that. No, okay, it's, okay. Wait, it's tonight. Cool. Is next week the Halloween? Yeah, next week might be the Halloween episode. Okay, we'll talk about it. We'll see what's scary about it. All right, I'll talk to you later, Matt. All right, it'll be it'll be a spooky, spooky time. All right, that was Matt Mamros. I'm Brian Mitchell. This is the Pittsburgh Hockey Digest podcast. Of course, that's always Matt Mamros, and it's a good time to talk to him every time. We have a good time on the on the recording, so it's good to always hear from Matty. Um, we're going to move to the ACHA. We're going to talk with – well, we're not going to talk to him this week. I'm going to give you the updates that he sent to me, and we're going to talk about a little bit of that. Can't make it in. Here we go. The scores from the past weekend. He, okay, here we go. Robert Morris defeated John Carroll 7-1. IUP defeated West Virginia 3-2. Robert Morris defeated Buffalo 6-1. At home, Alabama lost to Pitt on a shootout. I'm sorry, in an overtime at Alpha Ice. Duquesne and Slippery Rock. Duquesne went seven, defeated Slippery Rock 7-6 in overtime. Robert Morris defeated Buffalo 4-2. And Alabama and Pitt. Pitt defeated Alabama 8-3 at Alpha Ice. Duquesne defeated West Virginia 4-1, at Alpha, also at Alpha Ice. I don't have a score for some of these games, so we're going to move along and talk. Duquesne started 0-3, won three in a row by a score of 18-9. They're 2-0 in the CHMA Conference. Pitt is 6-0. They have beaten Kent State, and of course they've received votes from the first coaches poll in the season ranking. They defeated Kent State, Navy, and Alabama. Robert Morris is 6-1.
6-1 and 1, 2 and 0 in the conference. They've outscored their opponents 38 to 23. They're 3 and 0 in the conference. Slippery Rock is 2-3 and 1 to start the season. They're 0-1 and sorry, 0-0 and 1 in conference after making it to CMHMA finals last season. West Virginia has lost all 3 in a row. All conference games after starting the season 3 and 1. They sit at 3 and 4 and 0 and 3 in the conference right now. And IUP defeated Slippery Rock 4-2 last night. They're now Sorry, on Saturday night, they're now 3-0 and in the conference. So that was your ACHA update. Let me see if you gave me a little details on your updating schedule. I know they're really hard to find. So, okay. So West Virginia hosts Eastern Michigan on Friday. IUP hosts Mercyhurst. Slippery Rock hosts Pitt. And Robert Morris hosts Duquesne on Friday. On Saturday, Eastern Michigan, West Virginia. Pitt women against Mercyhurst. They're head to Mercyhurst. D3's Chatham go to Slippery, head to Slippery Rock up at UPMC 66. Sorry, at Frozen Pond. That's an interesting thing. He says it's at home, but they're away. Uh, Saturday, that's uh, and then Robert Morris and Pitt face off at Alpha Ice on Saturday. On Sunday, you have Pitt women against Mercyhurst at Mercyhurst, and West Virginia's at Mercyhurst at 4 p.m. So you have Full weekend in EACHA coming up. Ed Major will have all those details for you next week. Probably a little update on what happened this past week, too, so I don't have to worry about uh, missing all of that for you. But uh, I think that's going to be it this week. I thank everybody for listening. I apologize for the short show this week. Unfortunately, you know, with time being me being sick and not having the time to be able to put into it as much as I wish I could have this week. Uh, it's, t it's terrible that I can't do it, but, you know, I'm trying, and I hope everybody appreciates what we're doing, and I once again, very sorry we couldn't do it. Get you more this week. No Coach's Corner. We should be back next week for that. Well, with that being said, I would like to thank Matt Mamros for coming on and all everybody out there for listening. Ed Major for mailing it in this week. For all of us here at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest, my name is Brian Mitchell. I thank you for listening to the PhD podcast. I'll see you in the rink. Take care, guys.